Hi. This is Andrew Lotto. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 35, Mother's Day is Offensive to Trans Child Bearers. Did I mention I'm old? I remember when we actually used the term mankind to refer to humans. In fact, I turned just one year old when John Glenn became the first man and by extension human to step on the moon and gave us the famous phrase, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Fun fact, he actually said one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. And when you think about it, that makes a shit ton more sense. Anyways, back in that day, we used to use the pronoun he when referring to an unknown individual, like uh, the phrase, when a person first comes into the world, he comes from his mother's womb or something. This was common practice in English. Note, it's still common practice in other languages. In Spanish, if you refer to a group of people who are unknown or mixed in gender, you say ellos as the masculine plural pronoun and not ellas, the feminine plural pronoun. <laughs> By the way, if you're judging my Spanish pronunciation right now, chinga tu madre burro. I've uh, learned all my Spanish from the Mexican rap rock band Molotov. So sometime in the late 80s, there were movements to make speech more inclusive. And this became labeled as political correctness. Yes, Gen Zers, this is nothing new. <laughs> like Gen Zers are listening to my podcast. Like anyone in mankind is listening to my podcast. So one of the first politically correct moves was to say he, she, instead of he, when referring to an anonymous human. So when a person first comes into the world, he, she comes from his, her mother's womb. Some people would actually virtue signal how much they were into this equality. By the way, virtue signaling wasn't a term at the time, but I really like it. Anyway, they would say she, he, instead of he, she. Joy surprised me because somehow if you said women first when walking into a restaurant and opening the door, that was considered sexist. But women first in pronouns was progressive. Eventually somehow, and I honestly don't know who proclaimed this a linguistic law, but it became the law of the land, even taught in schools, was that we're all starting to use she as the default pronoun. So when a person first comes into the world, she comes from her mother's womb. Now, this led us to make silly statements like, when an engineer starts her career, she... Now, this is silly because even today, only 13% of engineers are women. This is according to a report in 2019 from the Society of Women's Engineers whom I guess hold their society meetings at a hotel room at a Motel 6. I'm proud to say that I was an early detester of political correctness. I was actually horrified as a young man that these new rules were being forced on me in college writing courses and in my church. One of my favorite hymns as a kid was called Go Forth Among the People. This was partly because there was at the time a Green Bay Packer guard named Daryl Goforth. 
from the late 70s, early 80s. And they always sang the hymn as if it was an order to him. Daryl Goforth. Uh, the lyrics were, Go forth among the people, See men of every nation, Then some shit about Christ. <laughs> However, the lyrics were changed in the late 80s to be, Go forth among the people, See people of every nation. The fuck? It's not even the right number of syllables from men to people. And you can't use the word people twice in three words. At least change it to peeps. Whatever. My little rebellion at the time was to sing men very loudly when they were singing people. And that is actually the only time I sang out loud during the Mass. I would mouth the words, but not actually sing. So the priest in front of me thought I was singing. And then I would try to modulate my breathing to fit the breath patterns of the song so that people behind me thought I was singing. In retrospect, I probably should have just sang or stop being a bitch, gave a shit what they thought. Anyways, in the late 80s, I also decided to boycott Ace Hardware. Because up until 1989, the Ace Hardware theme song was, Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, man. And they changed it to, Ace is the place for the helpful hardware, folks. First, there's been way too much singing in my podcast of late. Second, folks, I don't want hardware folks. I want a hardware man. Hardware folks sounds like a tribe of small creatures like the Smurfs who are born knowing shit like metric sizes for Allen wrenches. We're the friendly hardware folks. Can we help you? Um, do you have a hardware man around? I need something from the top shelf. Shit, I mean, I'm already emasculating myself by asking for your help in the tool section. At least let me sacrifice my humanity and my masculinity to a man and not a folks. So fuck it. I said, no more Ace Hardware. I am sure they were devastated because up to that point, I have only was in Ace Hardware once in my life and that was when my dad was getting a new doorknob. However, at the time, I knew that this incursion of our language and forgettable hymns and shitty jingles was an injustice. At the time, there were the uh, political abortion battles really were raging in those days. And women were screaming to Congress, keep your hands off my uterus. And I was screaming, and keep your dick out of my mouth. Which, of course, is sexist for presuming that the powers that be had traditional jail, male genitalia or jail menitalia. Whichever one of those you, you appreciate. <laughs> Did any of those linguistic changes really lead to more equality for women? I think that's very doubtful. I understand that you may, in today's age, bring up the idea of inherent bias affected by the language we use. Well, first, inherent bias is a crock of shit scientifically. I will save that for another podcast. But what happened in the 90s, after this surge of political correctness, was a backlash, a big backlash. Because Americans, funny enough, are fond of freedom of speech, and the movement had jumped the shark, like the Fonz on Happy Days, who was radically not politically correct. 
In and it served little purpose but to divide people. Now, I obviously do not need to take any time to convince you that political correctness and control of speech has returned 30 years later with a vengeance. It's so pervasive that it's almost not worth commenting on. But I'm set off on this rant today because a little over a week ago, the CDC came out with its, in quotes, guidance on safety of COVID-19 vaccines for pregnant people. Pregnant people. Pregnant people. Go forth among the nations. Vaccinate the pregnant people. Seriously? You can't say pregnant women? The CDC director actually stated, if facing decisions about whether to receive a COVID-19 vaccine while pregnant, people should consider risk of exposure to COVID-19. And also, pregnant people are eligible and can receive a COVID-19 vaccine. When a person first comes into the world, they come from their pregnant parent's womb. It's actually not even their parent's womb. It could have been a surrogate. I forgot surrogates. A pregnant womb of some undecidable gender. Imagine the meetings of consultants that had to meet together to craft this convolution of the English language to be maximally fucking inclusive. God forbid that I develop an inherent bias that women are the ones who have babies. I mean, we don't want to offend a transgender male who did not undertake hormonal or surgical changes, who got pregnant and apparently has vaccine hesitancy. Really? Did you really just change all this shit for Elliot Page? By the way, uh, I looked it up on Google and they list Elliot Page as the person starring in Inception, except that wasn't her name then when she was playing a female. Also, Elliot Page, not pregnant, as far as I know. Think about it. According to a meta-analysis of surveys on transgender by Mirweek and Sevelius, the percentage of Americans who identify as transgender is 0.4%. Now, the numbers aren't clear, but let's say half of that 0.4% are trans from female to male. And of those, some percentage do not do any physical transitioning, hormonal or surgical, in order to remain capable of having a child. Of those, the ones that are in either a gay relationship where one of the people in the relationship has a dick, or they're in a relationship with a female and they decided that the male of the relationship would be artificially inseminated as opposed to the identifying female they're with. So that's like one guy with boobs. You're twisting all your verbiage for Pat. That's like saying, doesn't matter your skin color, black, white, brown, orange, just so you don't offend Donald Trump or the thing from the Fantastic Four. Now, this isn't a transgender rant at all. I'm just asking us to question whether we really want to set up these new standards and rules for language. And I get it. 
say, Andrew, so what? We've always had standards for language use, especially in public. And these standards have constantly changed. We have profanity rules and obscenity rules. True. I hope the current state changes and evolves. But how do you want to have that change look? In the past, we've, as I've mentioned, have had rules for cultured speech and lack of profanity. And we've had radicals who violated those rules and expectations, like Lenny Bruce, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, J.D. Salinger, Kurt Vonnegut, even the original Martin Luther in the 1500s who referred to the Pope as a fart ass. George Carlin was arrested for listing the seven words you can't say on television. One of those words was motherfucker. Who knew it was the mother that was the problem with this word? I mean, you're damning the pregnant person with a gender. These were all radicals. We respect them and hold them in highest self-esteem because they violated the edicts of the word police and the thought police. To me, these rebels are as important as the greatest philosophers and political activists. So who will be the new radical heroes in this era of linguistic puritanism? Well, it's going to be a little different this time, a little less exciting. Uh, One of the main proponents uh, of ending this forced use of certain words and pronouns is Ben Shapiro, the conservative Jewish uh, podcaster. Or we have Dr. Jordan Peterson, the uptight Canadian psychologist with his affected accent that sounds nothing like his Edmonton, Alberta birthplace. Woo! Wave your freak flag high. Benny Shapiro is the modern-day Lenny Bruce. If you've been following any of the media online or on cable, you'll see that we're reaching a point where there's this odd divide forming that's not bound by political affiliations, but by, um, I don't even know what to call it. A political correctness seems like an antiquated term. We got rid of it in the 90s. Wokeness is overused and feels like cultural appropriation, especially when Ted Cruz says it. I like the term uh, linguistic fascism, except that everyone has ruined the word fascist by misusing it, as I mentioned in podcast number nine. I'm going to stick with it anyway. I like it. So let's try this again. Look at these people who are being gathered together by linguistic fascism. Piers Morgan has become great friends with Ben Shapiro after Piers's canceling over the Meghan Markle thing. Even though they previously had an infamously nasty debate on gun control. Fox News now regularly quotes Bill Maher, who used to be known as one of America's most famous liberals, along with Michael Moore, but now is going against political correctness. Again, Glenn fucking Greenwald now shows up regularly on Fox and on conservative podcasts. You know who Glenn Greenwald is? Very tough name to say. Also, sounds like a Harry Potter character. Glenn Greenwald is the gay former civil rights lawyer who first released Edward Snowden's stolen classified information and then aided in Snowden's escape from U.S. authorities. Now, he and Tucker Carlson sound like the same guy. Comedians and conservative pundits are now being grouped together by their hatred of these new rules on speech and language. 
Many people think Joe Rogan is a conservative because of his free speech stance. Joe Rogan was a fucking Bernie supporter who advocates the legalization of marijuana and other drugs, presumably also steroids. So this is, this is the set of radicals who today are daring the question of the rules of culture discourse. Carlin and Bruce were arrested for it in the 60s and 70s. Today you're canceled or whatever. Think about what side you want to be on this time. Here, do a little thought experiment. Imagine someone being offended by the use of the word shit in the 1950s. Just come up with an image in your head of someone being offended because someone in the room said shit. What did you picture? An upper middle class woman, their nose in the air, offended for reasons she doesn't know, looking down upon you for your ignorance. Is her name Karen? Don't let Tucker Carlson become the new Abby Hoffman. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Happy Mother's Day to the Velvet Holster. Pass the tequila. Out!